Is money the only thing that's holding the Mariners back from signing free agents? And is signing Blake Snell, who apparently wants to be a Mariner, a real possibility this offseason? We'll answer that and more here on Mailbag Monday. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Monday, October 30th, 2023. This is Tidy Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast, brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 back in bonus bets with any $5 winning money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on. That's L O C K D O N to get yourself started. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. It is Mailbag Monday, the show where we answer your Mariners questions. Let's see what you guys want to know this week. We got a question here from Z-Man who wants to know, I know there has been a lot of discourse on the Mariners payroll and the idea that they are somewhat cheap, but is that the real issue or is it more that free agents, specifically hitters, don't want to come to Seattle for various other reasons like park factors, travel, etc. Bulby, what do you think? Yeah, um, this is one of those. It's a little bit of everything uh, type of questions. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I do think that um, Mariners ownership has kind of earned the reputation of of being uh, cheap over the last few years. When you see that payroll hasn't aggressively risen as the team has climbed out of their rebuild, which is what was promised to you know was going to be the case, and and it hasn't been like. You fudge the numbers any way you want. The simple fact of the matter is, is that John Stanton's financial commitment has not kept up uh, with what was promised when this team was ready to win. They're ready to win right now. They they were ready to win in 2021, um, and you haven't kept up your end of the bargain. So that is definitely a factor. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, like you mentioned, um, there are some some factors that Seattle really doesn't have any control over. Uh, their ballpark is not the easiest park to hit in. Uh, and very little of that has to do with dimensions. It, it's just that in April and May, it, it's pretty cold uh, in T-Mobile Park. And, and you know, the marine layer is a thing. And and uh, so, yeah, it's hard to attract hitters uh, to Seattle, uh, particularly uh, right-handed power hitters, because that's kind of the the group that is suppressed the most, um, at least in, in the early part of the season uh, in Seattle. Uh, there's also the fact that you travel more as a Mariner, uh, than anybody else. You'll, you'll spend more time on an airplane than anyone else, uh, yeah. in baseball. It's also far away from, you know, pretty much every other team. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a community or it's a, it's an area that is, um, not going to be, you know, friendly to certain people's viewpoints and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of things here, whether, uh, you know, obviously the ballpark, uh, your history. How about the fact that the Mariners have won, haven't won a division in 22 years? Right. You know, how about the fact that they won one playoff series in, in 21 years? Like it's hard to convince teams or to convince players that you're a legitimate world series contender where maybe they're willing to overlook uh, some of these aspects because they feel like they have a shot to win the world series with you. It can be hard to, you know, make that point when you haven't really won anything yet. 
of significance. I mean, significant to us, you broke the drought, you won a playoff series, but in the grand scheme of baseball, you haven't even been to an ALCS since 2001. Like you haven't even been on the doorstep of a world series. Um, so hmm. you've never even gotten to like a game seven of, of ALCS. Like you've never been close to a world right. series title. And, and that is a hard sell when you factor in everything else, the travel, the weather, um, sometimes the money, but it's not that, you know, Seattle isn't willing to go out and spend. It's just that like, there are some factors they're not willing to overspend, I think is, is what, and more specifically, Jerry's not willing to overspend, uh, because we, he saw what happened to his teams in Anaheim that he had set up very well. Ownership got involved. He forced them to spend more than he wanted to on Pujols and Hamilton. Um, and, mm. and that collapsed pretty quick on him. So, um, right. but based on everything I know is that like Seattle has attempted to lure some, some free agents here. Uh, yeah. most notably Marcus Simeon and Trevor story. And my understanding is, is, is that they made legitimate offers, uh, market value offers to those guys. And they just got told, no, I don't want to come here. So, um, you know, and that, that's part of it. So you have to pivot, you have to, you have to find different answers. It's on the baseball ops people to find a way to work around that. Sure. Uh, but there are legitimate factors here, um, uh, that a lot of people don't take into account. It, it, it's not the reason that Aaron judge isn't a Mariner is not because the Mariners didn't, you know, pay him. Like it's not because they didn't right. want to pay him. It's because yeah. Aaron judge didn't want to be here. Like he was never yeah. going to come here. So, yeah. um, you do have to be careful. And, and I know a lot of people like, Oh, just throw more money at him. And then he'll want to come here. Yeah. doesn't really work like that. Um, because like hypothetically, like Trey Turner, right. We knew Turner wanted mm -hmm. to be either with the Dodgers or he wanted to go back East. It was, he was very clear about that. And he wanted to play with his buddy, Bryce Harper, et cetera, right. et cetera. And so for you to be able to get Trey Turner to ignore all of that and come to Seattle, $450 million, maybe like, and look, there, there's a certain point too, where that number just becomes arbitrary and guys don't care, right? Like I'm going to get broken off and I'm going to go into a situation where that I prefer, right? It's kind of like this situation going on with Otani right now. We're going to see a lot over the next few weeks and we're already seeing this from certain team fan bases and media spheres where like for example the blue jays blue jays recently there's uh some insiders saying like the blue jays apparently have like money set aside for the possibility of signing otani but money doesn't really matter in the otani situation especially because he knows that he's going to get paid it's just about the right fit for him so money at the end of the day is kind of a moot point especially once we get to the high of high ends like and that's not the case for everyone and really at the end of the day there isn't a one size fits all issue here when we're talking about the mariners and attracting free agents the thing for me though is like the, the worst thing that we can do as fans is assume that we know the reason that someone didn't sign with the mariners or just any team for that matter right because there are a lot of things that go into these decisions into players decisions to sign with teams that have nothing to do with baseball i mean sometimes it is as simple as contract structure or money i'm not saying that that isn't the case and i'm not saying that money doesn't talk like money definitely does talk in a lot of cases but in some situations especially when we're talking about the high end again when we're talking about guys that know that they're going to get paid really no matter what there's so many other factors that go into it it's location and obviously the the mariners can't change where they play baseball right 
unless they relocate and that's a whole other discussion here right so like they can't control that right so so they have to they have to work around that that's just something that they naturally have to work around and you know again there's things that like have nothing to do with baseball that us as average fans could not even fathom you know go into the decision making process here things like like if they if the if the player has like a family right if they have a spouse if they have kids etc like is my wife going to be willing to move to washington state right are my kids going to get what i feel is the best education for them etc stuff like that right and it's like if if my family doesn't want to move here then how many how many times are am i going to see them over the course of right. the season are they going to be willing to fly out on occasion you know am i do I want to live alone or do I want to live with like a teammate or a roommate? Do I really want to do that with my life for, you know, half a year? Like these, there are a lot of things here that we don't consider as fans that do have an impact on a lot of guys' decisions to play in a certain spot. And for some guys, it's also like a sentimental thing. Like Dansby Swanson. I see a lot of people saying like, well, the Mariners could have signed Dansby Swanson. No, they couldn't have. Dansby Swanson was either going to stay in Atlanta and play for a chance to to win a World Series or he was going to go to Chicago, which, as he said in his press conference when he signed with the team, had a very sentimental, like had sentimental value to him because of his grandfather. Like, so there's just some things that the the Mariners and like, again, again, money talks to a certain degree, but there are just certain things that Mariners or really any team can't overcome. But especially the Mariners because of the location, because of everything that factors in along with just the overall history of the, of the ball club and what the reputation of the ball club is. So we could go on and on and on about this for hours. We could do a whole podcast on on this topic in general, uh, but we're going to move on. We're going to answer some more questions here in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's L-O-C-K-D-O-N and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. And you're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Before we get into more of your questions, today is your last day to enter our card giveaway, or more specifically, Colby's card giveaway. And uh, yeah, it looks like if we're giving anything away, it's only going to be the Matt Brash card. Because I last time I checked, we were about 30 subscribers away from our stated goal 9,500 subscribers to give away the Matt Brash card. So, Colby, show them the card, egg them on, challenge them, do the Colby thing, essentially. Here's the card you could win if you weren't so lazy. Right. End of statement. End of the end of the Colby thing. Yeah. Sure. Uh, terms and yeah. conditions down in the description, as always. Like I have to I'm mention good about it. Yeah. Uh, so you guys got to really get sad. on it is that if this went well i was probably gonna throw in like this auto jp crawford with the little jersey what? i was probably what? gonna throw that into the mix if this went well but it didn't so maybe later this winter uh we'll be giving that away but uh for now <laughs> you guys might get the brash uh card which by the time you're listening to this is probably about 
eight hours away from deadline so you you guys have until midnight you got to subscribe yep. you got to leave a comment on one of our videos uh that have been yep. posted within the last two weeks so sure and then Honestly, we're picking a winner if we have a winner we're picking a winner yeah. tomorrow and announcing that on the show sure. tomorrow um yeah Pro probably poor timing on our part a lot of people are getting away from the baseball season before the the hot stove yeah uh so you know i blame ty for that a little bit but right whatever. my fault yep yep as always but yep. uh you know it is what it is hey when i put up the loot you have to take the blame that's how that right. works that's fine that's fine that's fair that's fair all right let's get back into these questions uh william lofton wants to know i know he's 39 but justin turner was still a productive hitter last year and might be helpful to cover innings at first and third as well as dh was wondering if either of you thought about that or completely eliminated him due to age slash progression. Colby, what do you think about Justin Turner? Um, I'm fine with it. I think he's a pretty good fit for T-Mobile Park. He's more of a line drive guy. Uh, you know, can handle, like you said, third and first uh, DH some. So I think he's a good fit. I don't care too much about the age because it's a one-year deal at this stage and, and the money's really reasonable. I just wonder, you know, I, I can't remember if that option is a team option or a player option. I don't know if you have that in front of you, Ty, but uh, I'm going to look it up now. I think it's a team option. So if it is like, why would Boston want to trade him? Uh, he was productive for Boston and, and I feel like player uh, option, Okay, but it's so for 13.4. Yeah, it's for 13.4. You might take that. He might, but I mean, if he doesn't want to play in Boston, it, it I just I have a hard time imagining that he's going to pick Seattle. He's at the end of his career. Hmm. So if he's a free agent, why pick Seattle? This is probably your last year. Maybe you have one or two more. Why aren't you going to go to a team like the Astros or or you know, uh back to the Dodgers or or whatever? Like there are there are other teams who have needs needs at third base. Um maybe Toronto where you just feel like you have a better shot to win. Uh, yeah. so I don't know if you would pick Seattle. I, I would be in like, I like that idea. He's kind of yeah. like, the, the only thing is like, I would prefer that he was left-handed, but what are you going to do? You know, it, it is what it is. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm interested in Turner if he's interested in us. I just don't really see a path where a, he's interested if he opts out or B that Boston would trade him at a reasonable cost because Boston's probably looking at their roster going like we're a tweak or two away. And, and I assume that they're going to be in on Juan Soto if he's, you know, right. on the block and all that stuff. And so I think that if he opts in, Boston's more likely to just say, well, we're, we're going to add, you know, to our group now and, and try and win. Because I don't think they're they're looking at this going like, you know, we probably don't have much of a chance in, in 2024. So uh, I like the idea. Um, I don't really care about the age at all. I still think he's going to hit, be just fine. Uh, but I just don't really see a, a scenario where either he opts out and picks Seattle or, uh, that Boston is willing to trade Turner um, without getting, you know, legit major league pieces back. And if you're Seattle, what major league are you going to get Boston for one year of, of Justin Turner? Like you're probably not. Caballero. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, like, they're probably laughing at you at that point because yeah, yeah. Turner gives them a better shot to win the world series this next year. So, right. I mean, I don't know unless you're giving up like Isaiah Campbell or, or, you know, somebody legitimate that helps you like, I just I don't yeah. see it. So uh I think it's a good fit. I just think it's it's a tough sell. I'd trade Campbell for, for Turner. I'd be fine with that. If I saw that, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, no, it's it's fine. I'd prefer yeah. to keep Campbell. He's really good, but yeah, no, yeah. That, that's totally fine. Yeah. We do we do like ourselves some Isaiah Campbell over here. 
Uh, but yeah, I like the idea of uh, Turner having rolled him out because of age. I don't really care about that. He's still producing, right? And I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I know this is kind of the exception, but I mean, Nelson Cruz produced late in his 30s and into his 40s. So, like, I mean, it's not like an absolute death knell for some guys. So, like, no, no, no. It, it's, it, it's definitely an exception to the rule if you produce sure. at that age, but still, like, it can happen. You can still yeah. do it. So, and uh, yeah, Turner was Turner was productive this year and um, hasn't really shown any real signs of slowing down i mean i haven't i haven't dove too deep into the numbers on justin turner i'll just be honest about that like i haven't looked way too into him but like from what i can see you know just on the outside looking in like seems like there's no reason to think that he won't be able to do what he did this year next year yeah so. he'll hit a lot of doubles he won't strike out he'll put the ball in play give you good at bat that type of stuff yeah and that's kind of what you need kind of what you need mm-hmm. so yeah I'd be into it. All right. Next question here comes from Teddy. If you could have one trade reverse from the last five years, what trade would it be? Last five years? There aren't a That's lot. Cause like 2019 forward. So like the early Jerry, yeah. like, so like the, the Chris Taylor one is off the table. Uh, for yeah, example, yeah. the um, David Phelps, Pablo Lopez yep. one is off the table. Like mm-hmm. even the, like the Kelnick, uh done is off the table not that you would reverse that but you know like yeah those year one of the rebuild the this is a nino trade like the jp trade again not not that you would reverse any of these but those are all off the table i actually right. went through and i looked at the last five like same and yeah. i didn't find one where i was like that was just horrible process like right because like even with the deals where like it didn't really pan out for the Mariners, they didn't end up giving up anything that worked out for the other team either where i'm right you know having buyer's remorse on that front sure like the colton wong trade is probably the one that a lot of people would say and it's like why they gave up jesse winker and abraham toro that didn't hurt them and even in a trade where you gave up something that was valuable that proved to be valuable you did get proper return like you did get something out of that trade still like yeah. the the Gino trade, right? Like Jesse oh, Winker yeah. didn't work out, and you know the the Reds got some nice pieces. Like Jake Fraley's been a nice piece for them. Uh, Brandon mm-hmm. Williamson's obviously a young starting pitcher that's produced a no, little I, bit already. But like I'd I got Gino, some, I'd make that trade again, like in a heartbeat. If I could find that equivalent trade this year, yeah, yeah, I'd do that in a heartbeat. So like I'm I'm fine with that. The only one I could kind yeah. of see, and and like again, I'm stretching here, is is the Austin Shinton and and JT Charquois for Diego Castillo like yeah but i i think that was fine like i would still do the kindle graveman trade um you know and and that's really it you know my my whole thing is that i just i would still do the seawall trade i would just do more so it's not a trade that i regret there are trades that i wish they had made more so than yeah. like trades i would undo so i actually i don't i don't really have a good answer for you the best i could find is castillo for or uh Chargois and and Stent and Chinton for uh, Castillo, but that's that's yeah. stretching it. Because even then, I, I though, didn't... I like the process of that trade. I know like mm-hmm. Diego didn't really work out towards the end of his Mariners tenure, sure. but for the most part, he was sure, fine. Was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just you know, and I'm a Shinton guy, so obviously that one, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, I for me, I look at that and I, I looked at the last you know five years and it, it's never like I don't have a problem with the trades they made. It, it's like like the Luis Castillo trade. Yeah, I'm absolutely doing that again. And then I look at, you yeah. know, the rest of that deadline. And I'm like, they should have been even more aggressive. Uh, so I actually think it's right. more of a it's a lack of aggression more so than being overly aggressive. That's uh, concerning me over the last five years in the, in the trade yeah, market. 
yeah it's not really about the trades that i wish they they could redo or not do if they had the chance to do it all over again it's more just about they needed to do more on top of that yeah. right so mm-hmm. like they needed to do more after the seawall deal they needed to do more after the castillo deal they did nope. so that's really where my issue lies in terms of like trades with, with jerry and company over the last five years but yeah, like you, I, I looked through the you know the trades over the last over that time span, and I didn't really see anything where I was like, man, that was a bad deal. That did not work out for them. Man, I wish they could have that one back. Like, yeah, I mean, there were there were trades that didn't work out, like, but it's but it's again, it didn't work out for the other team too. So right or barely, like it was yeah. pretty neutral. Like it, yeah. it just, I didn't find one. Like I didn't find like. And even I was like, okay, well, maybe this one was just bad process, and it just it worked out, but it was a bad process. No. Yeah. I mean, the process was yeah. good. The results have been totally fine. Like, you know, you you win some, you lose some, but like, when they miss, they've missed really small. So yeah, uh, it's... yeah. So if, if we if we missed one, let us know in the comments. But I yep. yeah, there was nothing that I saw that uh, made me go, man. I I wish they could do that again. But yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Next question here from D Panky. What's been the single most annoying thing mentioned on Mariners Twitter since the season ended? The Mariners would have 100% made the postseason if they didn't make the trade with Arizona. That Depoto has been rebuilding for nine years or something else. I'm going to say this. I, I'm not allowing things on Mariners Twitter to annoy me anymore. Uh, but in terms of just like stupid stuff, there's a lot. There's a I lot know. to choose from. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot to choose from. Uh, what What's your pick here, Foley? Uh, probably the whole like the Rangers have only been rebuilding for two years and Jerry's been rebuilding for nine and it's like right both of those statements are wrong <laughs> like they're both right. wrong and they're both incredibly stupid like this is the Rangers first winning season since like 2017 and they've only been rebuilding for two years like what <laughs> I, I just I just I don't get it yeah. uh, by the way two years into their rebuild the Mariners also won 90 games it's just the rest of the American League was a lot better than it was this year so um yeah it's it's probably that combination of like the Rangers have only been rebuilding for two years and, and the Mariners have been rebuilding for nine it's like that's not an actual that's not that's not a factual statement like you're you're lying and right. what's worse is is that when people when people are saying it who I know know better but it's all about interaction. It's all about like, you know, bending over backwards to the to right. the, the mob of of like, you know, fire Jerry people and all that stuff. It's just like, come on, you know better than that, and you're still saying that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's that particular com- it's that particular uh, comparison that I just I roll my eyes at, and like you just you don't know ball. Like clearly, you have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Like I said, I, I'm not allowing myself to get annoyed by anything that happens on Mariners Twitter anymore. I've done that. I've been there. I've, I've done that. I'm I'm over it. I'm not wasting my energy on that stuff anymore. Because uh, Twitter and Mariners Twitter overall is pretty unserious. Um, I think for me though, like the dumbest thing that I've seen is, and this is something that I've seen in other off season, but this off season more so, uh, is the whole Jerry is cheap thing. Like it's his money. Like he's like, you know, going, you know what, John, I'm going to do you a solid here, pal. I'm going to save you a few bucks here. Like, mm. no, like the, the whole Jerry is cheap thing. Like, that's just it's wrong. Right. It, like my blaming the wrong person. Yeah. My main issue with Mariners Twitter is like they're right to criticize Jerry, but they criticize him for the wrong things. They criticize him for things that are like a John Stanton problem or a Scott service problem. 
you know, it's not like actually Jerry and, and Justin issues. No. And, you know, as much as I, I, I like the guy, I think he's done a pretty good job. There, yeah. there are ways you can criticize Jerry totally justifiably. And yet you right. still don't do it. You, you go to the stuff that you can, and it just kind of derails your entire, like the mayor should move on from Jerry uh, nonsense when you don't even properly blame him for the right things. Like uh, it just, it just makes your whole argument. Um pointless <laughs> like it just right. completely wipes away what you're trying to accomplish here uh but yeah no th- there's a lot of dumb uh my favorite is is uh if the mariners don't sign otani it's proof that they don't care about winning and it's like what <laughs> all right <laughs> what? well i i guess the the other 28 teams that won't sign otani this offseason also don't care about winning yep obviously because right. they cared about winning they would force otani to sign that contract right bag over his head put him on a plane <laughs> pen in his hand like and it's like what what are you talking about you are going to sign this contract right now show her it's like what just step yeah. away from the keyboard guys it'll be okay yeah uh the other thing too all of your 54 percent puns are terrible stop yeah, doing they, them they, they suck like also fair, like to today the seahawks traded for leonard williams and like i have a bunch of comments in my mentions like it's nice to see a Seattle front office actually get aggressive. Like, oh God, come on. Like, we stop. I can see the yeah. Seahawks care more about winning more than 54% than a certain other team in Seattle. Like, oh, God, stop. Stop. It's cringe. It's cringe. Even yeah, if you're right. They, Even if you're right, it's cringe. Yeah. The 54 <laughs> like, the Seahawks just made a big trade, and your immediate reaction is like, the Mariners. And it's like, what? Dude, <laughs> come on. Like, like be serious. Just... You're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Let's get back into these final few questions we have from you guys. You're on Mailbag Monday. Uh, Greg wants to know: Mariners fold from the poker table when the stakes get high on quality players. Snell has made it public that he likes Seattle, and the one player that would be an obvious sign for a team that has controllable young starting pitching. He's going to want years. Do you think Jerry will make it happen? Uh, no, and I think he's actually justified in not aggressively pursuing mm-hmm. Snell if that's what he chooses to do so. Because look, there are durability concerns. He's only pitched like 150 plus innings like twice in his career. He's been playing for a while now. Walks are a major issue. He's kind of the anti-CTZ pitcher, even though that he's probably going to win a Cy Young this this year or is going to be pretty close uh, to, to that mark. And you know, for that, for for those reasons too. I mean, like for the fact that he is probably going to win a Cy Young or get close to that point, he's probably going to command a, a pretty hefty contract. Like I, I think there are going to be, you know, there's going to be other teams that drive that down because they're all going to have the same concerns that the Mariners are going to have, where right, for all the issues that I just brought up. But that's going to be a you know three to five year deal probably 23 to 27 million dollars a year like that's that's a pretty big investment that you're making on a guy that doesn't necessarily fit your pitching philosophy and you don't really know if you're going to be able to get the innings out of him like he doesn't go like even when he's been healthy he doesn't get deep into ball games because he runs long counts he walks guys like i mentioned like there's a lot of issues there with like snow so i wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily blame Jerry. While I do think that the best strategy for the Mariners to take this offseason is to go and sign a starting pitcher and then trade for 
from their starting pitcher depth to go get the bat or bats that they need. I wouldn't necessarily blame Jerry if he looks at Blake Snell and Justin. They look at Blake Snell and go, you know what? We're good. But I would hope then at that point they would pivot to another pitcher, right? Instead of going, you know what? We're we're just not going to involve ourselves in the starting pitching market. I would prefer that they, you know, pivot to like Sonny Gray or maybe someone on on a lower end like Michael Waka, who's only going to command a year or two, something like that. Colby, how do you feel? Yeah, I I don't. First of all, I would challenge the assertion that the Mariners fold uh, whenever there's like a bidding war. I proof, <laughs> um, but. Uh, I would also say that um, no, I don't think that Jerry should will make it happen, and I don't think he should. I, I really, I don't see Snell as a fit. I, I love Blake Snell, and of course, he wants to play in Seattle. It's his favorite team growing up. He was a UW commit before he got drafted in the first round. Like he's a huge Seahawks fan. He's a Husky basketball and football fan. Like he lives in Seattle. Like he wants to be in Seattle. Of course, he does. So i can appreciate that and i like snell he seems like a, a fun dude and he's he's a good pitcher uh but there are some serious red flags uh with blake and and his fit with the mariners is not anything that is like it's it's not a slam dunk it's far from it like like ty said you know he walks too many guys he runs a lot of deep counts he doesn't get deep in games um there are durability concerns um and in this free agent class he's probably looking for that like carlos rodon uh type of deal and nobody should give him that like i wouldn't i i like the the structure that the mariners gave robbie ray uh which is a three-year with a two uh player option i would probably want that to be more of a team option or a mutual option mm -hmm. of some kind uh with yeah. snell because where the mariners ray, actually have an out yeah right because unlike ray snell hasn't posted like he has missed time he doesn't go deep yeah. like there's one thing that robbie ray was supposed to bring to the table it was dependability and then go figure year two 20 pitches in he tears his ucl and he has tommy john but ray at least posted and, and ray had better walk rates than than snell did when he signed and when ray won the the cy young um so and again not to mention the mariners have a ton of money invested in that starting rotation already um right. so it, is there a way that they could do it like if, if snell's willing to give the mariners a heck of a deal yeah i'm interested of course i am but i just don't imagine that there's going to be a scenario where snell's going to leave tens of millions of dollars and, and multiple years on the table uh just to sign with seattle but if he's willing to do that i'm in but i don't think jerry should get in a bidding war with with snell to me this is like if you want to play for your favorite team like we'll give you two with a two-year option and, and we'll give you 25 mil uh you know each of the first two years and then there's like a 30 mm. like you can make it work like if snell really wants to pitch for you that badly but I'm not giving him market value because I'm okay with what I have in the starting pitching. And frankly, I think I can do better for, you know, $150 million or whatever he's going to end up getting. So. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Next question here. Uh, I think this is going to be our final question. We, we had a couple more, but uh, we're, we're running kind of late here. So maybe we'll get to them uh, in another episode, but uh, this one comes from Phil. Uh, what would you, or what would it take in a trade to get Lane Thomas from the nationals? Colby. a lot yeah well and also uh, i think the nationals are probably going to try and contend for a wild card this year so you're probably going to have to give up major league pieces and i don't know like would you trade miller or woo for thomas no so then at that Two point you're probably not, yeah yeah then you're no. probably not getting lane thomas because like i don't think they're going to take a prospect package no 
I might be misremembering this, uh, but I feel like there was like a rumor out there that like the Mariners did check in on Lane Thomas this summer, and mm-hmm. they were told Bryce Miller. And it's just well, there no. you go. So yeah, I, I I don't see that as a possibility. Um, we're talking about like Lane Thomas and C.J. Abrams. Like yeah, then we can start talking Miller and Wu and, mm-hmm. and that type of stuff, but. Two years of Lane Thomas, a guy who's really only been an everyday player once in his entire, you know, career. Uh, a little too rich for me. Uh, you know, if, if Lane Thomas had like four years left and you're giving up Miller or Wu, okay. But I yeah. just think the the club control just makes it a, a, a bad fit. Um, because if you get him for a prospect package, I would be very interested in Lane Thomas, but I don't think you can. And trading from your major league roster to where it makes sense for the nationals to trade their best hitter. It, it's Miller or it's Wu, And at that point I'm out. All right. That's going to do it for us. A uh, quick question of the day before we get out of here. Do you guys consider chocolate a candy or do you differentiate the two? Do you differentiate chocolate from candy? Some people do that. I don't though. Like if someone asked me what my favorite candy bar is, it's, it's Snickers. Right. But I know some people are like, Candy is just confection and like chocolate is chocolate. So mm-hmm. let us know in the comments below. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. For Colby Patton, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace.